It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joe Medora and Samantha Garcia joining us on this 12th day of July. 6.06 on the clock and 82 degrees and partly sunny outside in southeast Ohio. This is the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. And it's good to have you with us on this Monday. An exciting weekend, especially if you are a Cincinnati Reds fan. And locally, the Bobcats have... One of their own drafted into the MLB. We'll talk about Joe Rock as he was drafted to the Colorado Rockies. But first, it's a, a packed house inside the WATH studios. Joey, Samantha, how are you guys doing today? Joey, go ahead. Uh, I'm doing well. Nice to be back. Uh, of course, I got the call in on Thursday for a little bit there. But um, got to go home for uh, for the long weekend. Saw an O's game on Saturday and all that good stuff. It was... Uh, a good weekend for myself, to say the least. Yeah, you had uh, you, your girlfriend was there at the uh, Orioles game. I mean, that had to be a perfect day, what? Yeah, it was. I mean, everybody was there. <laughs> the whole, whole <laughs> well, I only saw the picture of you and, and your girlfriend. I didn't know everybody was there. I just thought it was a nice little date idea. I mean, that was a it was a good day. Cal, yeah. you you might yeah, be yeah. embarrassing him a little bit in the studio here, but I'll, I'll take away no, some. He's heat. he's a jerk. <laughs> I, I'm listen, no I'm man, happy for no, you. just just no, no, no. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah, you had a, a that's a cool. I wish I could have taken my girlfriend to a a, a baseball game over the weekend. Whatever. <laughs> well, sadly, you guys are uh, in lovey relationships, and good old Sam here is single. But I don't mind it. You know, I like I like to watch sports by myself. <laughs> I yell a lot. I do that. So I don't know if any man would enjoy going to a baseball game with me because they would either be embarrassed or realize that I am, you know, a little bit too much. But Joey went home. I also did the same. Went back to Chicago. I uh, brought some of my roommates back there. They're all from Cincinnati. The other one's from uh, Connecticut. And I gave them an Italian beef. It was their first time. Do you guys know what Italian beef sandwich is? No. So it's Italian beef, obviously. They put it in like a big sandwich bun. But the kicker, they take the sandwich and they dip it in the sauce that they cook the meat in. So it's like a wet sandwich. And I know it sounds weird. Don't get me wrong. I know it sounds weird, but, man, is it so good. You put some hot peppers on there, some sweet if you don't like the spicy. I mean, they liked it. So, you know, my week away from here, I, I'd say it was a good week. I'll give it that. Yeah, I was up in a suite on Saturday, too. So that was, that was pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Catered food? Yeah, it was all. I mean, uh, someone paid for it. It wasn't me. <laughs> uh, well, that's the, uh, but uh, it was good. That's the way to go. And, a good uh, little celebration. They got to imagine that, you know, I... If, if you're the Rockies, I mean, it would be nice. It would be a good gesture to take your second. Um, you know, it was the compensation round in the uh, second pick, compensation B. Uh, but the 68th overall draft pick, Joe Rock, I got to imagine he's going to take in the game at, over at Coors Fields and uh, hopefully enjoy it. Who knows? He could be at the uh, All-Star game. I don't know what they're going to do with all their draft picks with the Colorado Rockies, but, of course, they're hosting uh, you know, the All-Star game and the home run derby coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, Trevor Story will be in it for Colorado. The Reds don't have a, a home run hitter uh, in the home run derby this year. But, um, you know, it, it's a nice story for Joe Rock, especially with everything that he's had to go, go through over the past couple of months. Uh, Joe Rock did lose his mom um, you know, earlier 
And it is the uh, again a nice story for Joe Rock to get drafted this high. He's the highest draft pick in Ohio Bobcat history in the MLB. Rock went eight and three with a two point three three ERA and one hundred and seventeen strikeouts over eighty eight and two thirds innings and uh, fourteen starts for the Bobcats. So uh, you know he pitched well enough, and uh, now he's going to uh, you know reap the benefits. And we'll still have to continue to pitch uh, pretty well in, in hopes to obviously get to the dream of uh, reaching the MLB, but. You know, it's a very good story here in Athens to see Joe Rock uh, get drafted this high, and uh, you know, a lot of lot of potential. Maybe we could see him pitch in the MLB one day. Yeah, not a lot of Bobcats in the recent years have uh, you know gone into the the MLB draft, and we saw Rudy Rode a few years ago get drafted by the Phillies, I think it was, but that yep. was obviously much later in the draft. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was kind of a guy who just got a little bit better. Uh, every year throughout his college career after kind of struggling his freshman year. And, you know, it all culminated this year when he threw that no-hitter. Uh, back in February against, I can't remember what school it was. Uh, it was a smaller school. Maybe Warford? Warford is it? I think it was... Um... It's right in front of your face, Moorhead State. Yeah, Moorhead State. <laughs> I had to read it. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, Moorhead State. But, yeah, so he had that moment, and obviously that's when I think uh, all of Athens kind of started to have eyes on him. And then he just continued to play well. As uh, as the spring went on this year, so good for him. Happy to hear it. We always, you know, like to celebrate Bobcats getting drafted because you know, for for mid major schools, you you don't always see these guys getting the spotlight. To but to uh, to get that drafted to get drafted that high, I should say. Excuse me. Um, it's a, it's a big big accomplishment. I'm not sure. Like since it was you know one of like the the uh, what do they call it the compensation compensation rounds. I don't know like what that. What round he gets, like, the nod as, technically speaking. It's after the second round, I believe. I yeah. think there's so, compensation it was, rounds it was a in the pick. But there's compensation rounds in between each round. So it's almost like. Only the first few, though. Not, yeah. Yeah, compensation round B that followed the second round. After the round. second round. Yeah. Um, so he's a second round pick. We'll give it to him. And then, of course, I mean, we don't like to give shout-outs to the other, uh, you know, Mid-American Conference team, the Miami Red Hawks, right, uh, rivals with the Bobcats. But I do say that uh, Sam Bachman was drafted ninth overall, and uh, Bachman was drafted by the uh, the Angels. And, yeah, that's pretty good for a uh, Mid-American Conference player to get drafted that high as well. Uh, so the two best pitchers in the Mid-American Conference, with Bachman and Joe Rock, uh, both, you know, going on to the next level and, and, and uh, pursuing their MLB careers. So it, it's good to see from the mid-major and uh, from the Mid-American Conference. And just as, you know, baseball develops and whatnot, these guys are starting to pitch 90 miles an hour, and, you know, they're 18, 19 years old. Connor and I were talking about it earlier. You know, a couple of these guys in the draft, they're still in high school. They're fresh out. They just got their diploma from high school. They can uh, finally drive now, and they're getting drafted into the MLB. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but just the talent level has been rising. There was a couple first-round picks there where they were from high school. I mean, does that – I know Connor, but maybe Joey, does that bo not bother you, but does that kind of make your eyes open at the talent that, you know, is now up and coming? That happens pretty often. Uh, there's usually a bunch of high school kids that uh, come right out right away. And I know, like, the, the marquee guys were the, the four shortstops, uh, the Meyer kid that Boston took, as well as uh, I think Arizona took one of them. Um, and, you know, they were talking about, like, these four shortstops were supposed to be the top four guys in the draft. Everybody thought them. And, and maybe lighter for, uh, for Vanderbilt, the pitcher, would be gone. 
uh, in the top five. But a lot of these guys dropped a little bit in the draft. I was shocked by the first pick, uh, Henry Davis. Uh, I know he was at a Louisville catcher, and I knew like he had one of the best bats in, in college, and he played in the ACC, which is actually a pretty good baseball conference. So um, obviously if you're going to hit there, it, 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 I saw a lot of mock drafts have at least a top ten. I saw top five pick and a couple, but I don't think a whole lot of people expected him uh, to go number one overall to the Pirates, so that's going to be an interesting one to follow, but uh, I was just shocked to see how many of these guys that and baseball, it's weird because all the mock drafts it's like the most inconsistent usually in football and basketball other sport, like people have a consensus top few picks, but in baseball it varies all over the place on uh, who people think are going to get selected, so a couple of those High school guys at shortstop actually slid a little bit further. Another guy was Kumar Rocker, who I think came into the year the number one prospect coming into the season, and he dropped all the way down to ten to the Mets, um, which you know maybe that concerns some people. But it's it's not that rare to see uh, high school guys going that high in the MLB draft. Oh yeah, I mean, and that's really where you know at the high school level, right? You get a bunch of raw talent. Once they go through college, you know they have a couple more years into the program, and they're a little bit older, right? I mean, you, you like to see guys. Uh, at least from front offices, you like to see the younger guys, then you hope that they can be up at the major league level. That probably, I mean, if, if the dreams come true, you get a Bryce Harper type of guy. And what did he come into the league, Joey, at age 20? Uh, you know, he was pretty young when he made a major league debut, but that just I think Harper you. was still 19. When Harper he, was 19. Oh, wow. debut, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he moved through the farm system pretty quick, and that's a guy that you like to see. Um, maybe that's a little bit too young to, to get at the major league level, but uh, that just means you have that much more time with him. Um, you know, more years before you get to age 30, age 33, 32, whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, the younger you are, the, the longer that you anticipate the, the player being at the major league level. Um, and that's, I think, where you kind of like to see those high school guys get drafted and if they go through the farm system that quick, then that's a, a, a pretty good sign. Well, I think that's what you're looking for. If you're drafting a high school kid when he's 17, 18 years old right away, you're looking for him to probably move through the th- farm system pretty quickly, uh, at least a couple years uh, that it will end up taking. Uh, usually, you know, with a top 10 pick, if it's taken more than that, you, you start to get the worries of, you know, maybe, maybe we missed the ball on this guy. Baseball, I, I mean, it's... I think what you say for the show, there's there was three. There's only been three Hall of Famers who've ever been a first overall pick in the MLB draft. Yeah, I couldn't name them off the top of my head. I'd have to go research that a little bit more. But, but um, yeah, exactly. Uh, baseball, it's so it's so hard to draft, and you see so many. You see, you know, twenty fifth round picks end up being studs in in the major leagues. I think Mike Trout was like a sixteenth round pick. He's the best player in baseball. You know, uh, it's just that's it's one of those sports where it's so hard at the level that you're judging them, because I think there's just such a big gap between pro and college baseball and even high school baseball, obviously, of trying to figure out who's going to translate to the next level. I think it's much easier to read in a sport like football or basketball than it is in baseball because baseball has so many different levels to it with the minor league system, everything like that. I mean, no one's getting drafted and getting thrown into the majors the next day. Right. But sometimes I think it's difficult to decide... You know, like you said, how can you judge if these 17, 18-year-olds are going to be able to take maybe not the pressure that comes with it, but maybe just having to grow and change so fast? I mean, like you said, baseball is just one of those sports where it really is hard to kind of gauge who is going to be able to make it because as much as the game does get intense at times, there's a lot of standby. You know, it's 
you go up and you hit, you run your bases if you make it, and then if not, you go back to the dugout. So it's hard to really, like you said, gauge that level of athleticism just off of hitting and catching. I mean, to me, I think being an MLB scout is probably one of the harder jobs out there for sure. Yeah, it is, and you know, you never, you like to see a guy get drafted, right? Um, but you know, there's a chance that quote of the day from Connor Mills: "You like to see a guy get drafted." Well, all right, if, if you're your <laughs> right, if you're the scout in telling. the southeast Those are Ohio, words. if you're a scout in the southeast Ohio region, right, you are going to push for the guy that you feel is the best. So you, you recommend it up to your, the higher level scout, who then will recommend it up to the general manager, and if the GM. You know, likes your recommendation and feels like you know your prospect that you're scouting is of value. You know, you, you get your guy drafted. I mean, that's just how it it goes through the tiers, right? I mean, you're not sending a scout who's based off the East Coast to go scout a guy in high school over in California. I mean, that's just not the way that it goes. Correct. But if you're the East Coast scout, you like to see the guy that you're pushing for drafted. Is is what I was referring to. Um, yeah. Because need a few more words there to describe <laughs> that one. Uh, but either way, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds, and we'll talk Reds uh, coming up next because they had a pretty good series, four-game series for the All-Star break against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, but the Reds did draft a shortstop from UCLA in uh, Matt McLean, and they say uh, that McLean is slightly undersized for an infielder, but, you know, he can hit. He's got a little bit more pop than he did, and he's been working on his... Uh, his defense, and if you're going to draft him in the first round, you think that he's going to be a pretty good talent. And, uh, you know, right now, I, I think the Reds could definitely use a shortstop. I'm not sure what shortstop they have in the system, uh, but the, the position is something that they can improve upon, especially hitting. I mean, their shortstops have been hitting about 220 all season long, rather whoever they put there at short. Uh, but a good series for the Reds coming up. And uh, we'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. This is the Sports Fan presented by Jane K. Contracting at 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Ready to check home ownership off your bucket list, but worried you can't afford it? The Ohio Housing Finance Agency is here to help. We offer down payment assistance and discounted interest rates to recent Ohio college grads, teachers, nurses, veterans, and more. Not a first-time home buyer? We've got a program for you, too. Find out if you qualify at myohiohome.org. That's myohiohome.org. Homeownership, ready when you are. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, aired by the OAB and this station. This is the Sports Fan 
on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970 97.1 FM WATH. Reds take three of four in a four-game series in Milwaukee as the Reds are in a better situation than they were. And uh, they were seven games back, I believe, is at the start. Uh, and, you know, this Reds team just does not quit, right? Over the last couple of games, the Reds scored one run in the ninth inning. Back on Saturday, they scored two in the top of the ninth. And, uh, you know, they just found ways to win against a talented Milwaukee Brewers team and really what all got it started was a very, very good pitching performance by Wade Miley uh, back on Friday. Miley going eight innings, um, you know, striking out four, only allowing seven hits, but really a uh, pretty good pitching performance from Miley that set the tone for the next couple of games. You could argue Wade Miley has been, uh, you know, the guy in the first half of the season in far as consistency goes with the pitching rotation first of all he hasn't been injured he's been in the rotation throughout the entire season so he's been dependable i mean they've been banged up in the rotation other points this year obviously and uh, he's he's consistently gone out there and gave you seven six innings of, of quality starts and kept them in games uh, throughout the year this year and uh, as you mentioned that was a good start because obviously they uh i think they dropped that first game and then were able to you know grind out a, a two nothing victory uh to kind of get the ball rolling. It was a series that they had to win at least three out of four to try to stay afloat because if you came in and lost to Milwaukee in that series, you know, the gap in the division was was going to be pretty big going into the All-Star break. would have been a big mountain to climb. But now, you know, you go in, you're still back four, but obviously, you know, you have a series with Milwaukee after the All-Star break that you can start to make that ground up. But um, the pitching was, you know, I think you got to commend everybody from this past weekend. I mean, they... We were able to shut down this uh, Brewers lineup besides Thursday where they got five runs. I mean, they were they were able to hold them in check. A uh, couple late comeback wins. You know, Suarez hit the home run on Saturday to give them the lead late in that game. And then the bullpen was able to hold on to it. And, um, you know, for some reason in the NL Central, the bullpen has held up okay for the most part. But uh, it's when they get outside of it where, they, where they've had their struggles. But I guess what you see is from a series like that is... The bullpen has the capabilities of being able to hold up. Um, you haven't seen it a lot this year, and I, I'm not going to be like Connor and jump on the it's it's all fixed bandwagon. No, 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 let me finish my point. <laughs> but they did have a good weekend, and you have to point out when they did have a good weekend. And uh, so give them props for that. They were able to stay afloat in the division only four games back. Uh, and you, you also saw when, you know, the bats, they didn't have their best weekend hitting. I mean, they had 12 hits yesterday. They just didn't really get the big one when, when they needed it, but they didn't need to. The pitching was, was so dynamic this weekend. So you, you saw, once you take away, you know, what their main strength has been this year, and that's been the bats, they were able to win three games in a row that they really needed to. So that, I think that's a good confidence booster going into this all-star break where hopefully they can refresh and come back out on the other side, ready to go, and make a push at it. I praise the, the bullpen when they deserve praise, and that I, I bash the bullpen when, when they deserve to be uh, criticized. Um, I will say everybody outside of Brock pitched very well. You know, Malley, even though he went six, gave up three runs, You know, he kept Cincinnati in that ball game on Thursday, which was their only loss, and then Brock uh, you know, can't get through the eighth inning 
gives up the two runs, and uh, you have to go to Perez, another reliever, to get out of the inning and get your final two outs. Uh, but Brock was the only pitcher who really uh, just did not have a, a good series on the mound. I mean, Brock with a blown save uh, back in Saturday's game gave up two more runs. It was not a ninth inning save. Huh? It wasn't like in the ninth inning. When people well, no, hear I blown mean, yeah. save, they think it's like the ninth inning. It's a, it was a technicality blown save. It is a technicality blown save. But, again, he did uh, did not do his job to hold the lead. Uh, but the Reds came back. And what I think is most impressive about their comebacks is that it came off of one of the best closers in baseball in Josh Hader. I mean, Hader had a, a sub-1 ERA going into that series, and not only did they give him you know, a loss, uh, but it, they also gave him a, a, a blown save or, well, a couple of losses. Uh, two losses. He's now three and two in the season with a one four nine ERA. But Hader had been the most consistent closer in the game. I mean, he was twenty of twenty before the Mets gave him a blown save uh, in that series before the Reds had uh, the Brewers. But you know, two losses in the series against a very talented closer in Hader. Uh, you like to see where Cincinnati is with their mindset, with their attitude, with you know, now only being four games back on the division lead. They have a shot, and I talked about it on Friday a lot, but the Reds are the only other team in the NL Central that are going for it at this time, right? Because I talked about the, the Cubs are already reportedly sellers at the trade deadline. The Cubs are not going to make a, a concerted effort to go back and, and try to win the division. The Cubs have, have waved the white towel uh, if it is true that they're going to be sellers at the deadline which only leaves the two other teams that are above 500 because the Cubs and the Cardinals at that time were tied in the division. And the Pirates are already out of it. But you've got the Cubs who are out, the Cardinals who are out. So now you only got two teams you got to contend with, the Reds and the Brewers. So I think the Reds got to go for it at this point, especially now taking three out of four from the Brewers, and you just kind of keep the train rolling. I think what it's been for them recently is just the consistency. We talked about this earlier a couple months ago, kind of. They weren't really having, they'd have a hot streak, then they'd go cold for a little bit. But coming off that first loss against the Brewers and then being able to win the next three, you know, back-to-back nights, you know, that's impressive. It's showing that their efforts that they're trying to make to be consistent enough are working, and that's what you want this late in the season. Yeah, we still got a couple months till playoffs start in up in October, but this is the time when you really need to grind to assert your spot in those sections. And like you said, the Cubbies, I think they're done for. I haven't really seen a valiant effort from any of them. As far as pitching goes, we've kind of gone down the drain. But for the Reds, like both of you have said, the pitching's been amazing. This is Wayne Miley's now fourth no-hitter that he's had this season, not obviously against the Brewers, but earlier on, I mean, you like to see this late, so late on. You mean shut out, not shut no. out. There you go. There you go. I, <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm glad you caught me on that one because I would have been upset if I said that and been like, "What? When did he get four no hitters?" I mean, this year, if you're going to get four or no hitters in a year, I mean, this is the year to do it. I mean, it, it's been the uh, what the the Indians got no hit earlier. Uh, I think they've been the no hit three times this year. Well, and the thing is, it was a double header game, and nobody cared. I mean, it was so it was a seven-inning ball game, but the Indians still uh, got no hit, and nobody cared. You know, seven-inning game. There's already been a couple this season, more than a couple, um, and somehow Cleveland's still three games above 
500. Probably out of the division now with uh, the White Sox rolling. But either way, you know, that, and to your point, Sam, you know, they are consistent, right? Miley has is, is been their most consistent pitcher. You have the return of Sonny Gray. You've got, you know, Castillo looking better than, than he did at the beginning of the year. You have the starting pitching that is now consistently giving you a quality start. It seems like every day out. Now it's just, you know, are your bats going to be as consistent or as hot as they were in the beginning of the season? And can the bullpen keep things together? Those are your big question marks as you move on, you know, beyond the All-Star break. And coming off, I guess, of this All-Star break, it'll be nice for everyone to just take a second and enjoy some of that. That's always a fun home run derby type deal. Connor, who do you have maybe uh, winning this one tonight? I don't know. I know we'll talk about the uh, the home run derby coming up after the next break, but um, you know, a lot of All-Star talk. Plus, Castellanos, uh, Jesse Winker uh, in the All-Star game tonight for the Reds. And uh, it, it's nice to see both of them you know, being able to go out there and start for the Reds, right? I mean, they, they've been very deserving this year to get that all-star nod uh, and have really propelled this offense and kept them afloat to give them a shot to where they are right now. Four back on, on Milwaukee, three and a half back on the wild card. Not that we're counting on the wild card for the Reds. I think their best chance of the postseason is getting the, uh, the NL Central. But, you know, where they're at right now, Joey, if they are consistent, if they can go out, and uh, take even two out of three, right? Do a little bit better and, and be two games back in Milwaukee before you open up the uh, the series with the Mets. I think that's a, a pretty good spot for the Reds to be in come this time next week. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to start to th- put yourself in a situation to, are you really, are you, are really going to go for this thing, right? Because... You're at six games above 500. I think anybody would have been more than thrilled with that um, before the season started. If you told people this Reds team would be four games back in the division, six games above 500 in the All-Star break, they have a guy, a couple guys who are in the MVP conversation in Cassianos and Winker. The starting pitching's been solid. I think everybody knew the bullpen was going to kind of stink, so you know that that is what it is. But um, but your your expectations do have to change as the season goes along, and at this point you're going into the second half of the year with a shot to make a, a run at winning the division. And keep in mind, and I'm not saying that they're going to catch these teams, but they're only three and a half out of the wild card as well. So, you know, th- th- they're right there in, in any playoff picture you want to look at right now, and there's still a ton of baseball left to be played. But you're in the conversation at this point in the season, and I think you've seen the deficiencies that this team has and you see the strength that they do. And I think they got to try to do something to bring in some kind of, some kind of arm that can help them out down the, down the stretch because, you know, it, it's gr- It's going to be great and all making the postseason If they do end up doing that, they did it last year too. And it, it was expanded and, and whatnot, but they got swept out of the first round anyway. So what you want to do that next year is build off of that. And this team currently, I don't think, builds off that. I think if they somehow do find a way to win this division, they're not beating anybody, in my opinion. I mean, right now, if they won the division, they'd probably most likely play the Mets, and the Mets would just shut them out three straight games like, like the, the Braves did last year, and they'd be, they'd be on their way out because in the, in the playoffs, pitching means everything. So I think if you want to get serious about talking about the Reds making some kind of move this season, it's got to be try to do some kind of deal to bring some kind of bullpen help in to try and make this a, a fight of it uh, later on in the season. 
So are you not then happy with the decision to take a pitcher in that first round if you were the Reds? I mean, no. Well, we're looking at this season. I mean, when you look at drafts, it's it, you draft in baseball for four or five years down the road. So I, it, I, I don't, I don't concern myself too much with that. I just mean they got to, you know, either it's, it's make a trade if there's some free agent out there. They got to try to find something because, you know, as well as they pitched this past series, it's still the biggest issue on this team, and they they need to find a way to address it. Now, no kid you draft today or yesterday or whatever is going to have any kind of help in what the season's going to do this year. Right, it's already too far down the line to count on a couple guys coming off the injured list, right? I mean, you need to count on guys who are going to be healthy now and be able to contribute because uh, you're not really going to see the Brewers all that much after this, right? You get to Brewers for, for three games right after the All-Star break. Then you have a one three-game series at the tail end of August from the 24th to the 26th. And then that's it. You know, you don't see Milwaukee at all after the, uh, the 26th of August, which means you got to capitalize on the seven games, and you have done so to this point. You know, you took three out of four against the Brewers in the four-game series. you got to take, you got to win the series uh, coming up, get even closer to Milwaukee. And then, you know, you just got to do what you do against the other teams. Because right now, as you take a look in, into the future, right, a winnable series for, for the Reds. You get the Cardinals, who are behind the Reds in the series, and that's coming up after the Mets. You get an off day next Thursday, and then you get the Cardinals for three games, right? You got to beat the Cardinals. Then you get the Cubs. So you have a lot of the NL Central coming up at the end of this month, starting with the Brewers. You got to increase your distance from the Cubs and Cardinals, and you see them back to back games. One's a home game series, one's an away game series. Uh, you know, and with the Cubs again waving the white flag, that's all right. You know, take advantage of that game. Uh, then you have you know the Mets again, which is going to be a tough series. The Twins for a two-game series, the Pirates for four, right? So you have a lot of winnable games and important games coming up in the schedule, to where you got to go out there and win, right? I'm not sure where the Phillies are. I think the Braves, especially with uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. going down, I think the Braves are not going to be contenders, but still a, a dangerous ball club with Freddie Freeman. Uh, you got, you know, Phillies again, who could be good, could be bad. We don't really know. They're 500 right now. Cubs again, Marlins, winnable series, and the Brewers. So you got to win against the Brewers while you have them now. So if you're going out, and you're not really going to get, I don't think, any pitching from the bullpen right now. Uh, but again, you've won the series against the Brewers this past week. You're going to have to do it again with the team that you have because you're not really at that all-star deadline, and uh, teams wait. Teams will wait to get the best offer uh, at the trade deadline, and that really is only going to help you for the second time or the last time you see the Brewers up in uh, up in August. Well, I mean, beating the Brewers hasn't been the problem this year. They've been 9-5 and five against the Brewers. It's, it's been everything. every Outside of the division is where they've struggled to this point this year. Um I mean, kind of in the NL Central with all the teams, they've kind of just all, you know, beat up on each other at times. You know, we'll see one team sweep. You know, we saw it a couple a month ago. The Brewers swept the, the Reds. A week later, Reds swept the Brewers. I mean, this all seemed to kind of play uh, 500 ball against each other. So they're going to have to try to figure out to win games against these other division teams um, to, to try to solve this issue. Uh, I do like going in the All-Star break feeling like this. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't lose what you had, right? Hopefully they didn't get into a groove here and then 
you know, they take a break and they're not able to find it on the other side of it because obviously that's not what you want. Um, but it would be a statement to come out and, you know, take two or three from the Brewers or even sweep them because, you know, they've already won nine games against them this year. They're nine and five against them. They've clearly played well against Milwaukee. They've won six of the last seven they've played against one another. Um, and it just seems like their pitching is, has been really good in the last couple of series that they faced the Brewers. The Brewers lineup hasn't done too well against the Reds pitching staff this year. So, you know, there, there's some interesting elements, but uh, it's the all-star break now, and there are a couple of guys playing in the all-star game for the Reds. So uh, that, that's going to be kind of cool for fans to watch um, to this point. I mean, it's not every day you see two of three outfielders on the same team starting in the all-star game. So that that's kind of a tip of the cap to the Reds that, that their fans can hold on to this year. Yeah, and just coming in after this break for all the guys just to reset and also have a good time, you know, as much as it's for the fans, you know, to get a good look of everyone together wearing some fun gear, getting new apparel, having some fun time. At the same time, it's also a break for the guys, too. I know I already hit on that before, but just being able to go out there and have some fun, although they are professionals, they're just like all of us, and they like to take a break. So I think it's going to be good. I think coming out of this, it's going to be maybe a little bit more focused mindset on, hey, we either got to finish this off strong or, like you said, kind of wave the flag a little bit. But I think as far as... The Reds go if we're going to stay on them for a little bit. I think consistency is going to be key with them, and I know any team can say that, but just the wave that they've been riding, they got to keep it going for a little bit longer here, especially up against the Brewers for a final time coming up this week. Right, and you saw you know, a couple pitchers have, have elected not to play in the All-Star game, right? A couple people might be banged up. Um, you know, Players now, you know, it, it is a great honor to be selected to the All-Star game. However, if people are able to take these next four days off, rest, get ready for you know the upcoming series, that, that's going to be beneficial. And uh, you know the Reds with only two players in and, and position players at that, they have the off day today. Castellanos and Winker will play in the game tomorrow, and then they'll be uh, two days off to rest and get ready for a big series against Milwaukee, this time home at Great American Ballpark. And I mentioned the future schedule just because you know, there's a lot of winnable games in the month of August, right? I mean, you have losing teams coming up besides the Mets. I mean, you got the Pirates, you have the Indians who are, you know, 50-50, uh, but that's a, a makeup game, right? It's just a one-game series. Who's 50-50? The, the Indians. I mean, the... Oh, okay. I thought you said the Pirates. My no, bad. Pirates are not 50-50. <laughs> no, Pirates, you got to walk away with at least three wins uh, in a four-game series with the Pirates. But again, you got the Braves who are under 500. You got the Phillies who are 500. Cubs under... Uh, Marlins who are under, and then the Brewers again, and, and then the Marlins. I mean, this is a very winnable month that the Reds are about to enter into, and I know we're a couple days away. I mean, we're you know, only 12th of, uh, of July right now, but a lot of big games, and it starts with, with the Brewers on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just to try to, just to, try to sit back now and take a look at the, the first half of the year. I mean, you know, if you're a Reds fan, and uh, we got to do it as well, you just got to witness one of the best first halves of baseball, you know, played in a while by Nick Castellanos. What he was able to do with the bat this year, I mean, it was, and it's not over yet, and hopefully he's able to keep it going. But, I mean, you know, I don't think anybody was, was picking Nick Castellanos as a, as a potential NL MVP candidate for the season started. But what he's been able to do with the bat this year, uh, you know, just to sit back and be able to watch that this year, uh, for the Reds has been it's been really entertaining. 
It has. You know, and Castellanos has emerged, and uh, Winker has emerged, and hopefully they're going to be here for a couple of years. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan. We'll get a call on the line, but we'll answer that on the other side. Be right back. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a 1,000 trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics in all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Back inside for the sports fan, 970-97.1 FM, WATH, and online at WXTQ.com slash WATH. Good to have you wherever you're listening. Phone lines open at 740-592-6646. Home run derby starts tonight, and even though the Cincinnati Reds do not have anybody in the home run derby, it still should be pretty entertaining, especially with a couple of stars like Shohei Otani, Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, uh, Olsen, Mancini, Oriole. Uh, Orioles got a power hitter in Mancini. That should be pretty fun to watch. Uh, and uh, Pete Alonso, the reigning uh, 2019 home run derby champion. Um, you know, uh, Guerrero's on that. Uh, he's in the derby too, isn't he? Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? I don't believe so. I thought he was uh, well, He's a, a big home run hitter. I'm surprised that he's not in there. There's a, well, in case you haven't noticed, Tatis isn't in it. Acuna right. isn't in it. Uh, Connor, not always the top home run guys that are in the All right. I, I would have expected Guerrero. I think, what, what did he, turn it down or something? He had to be asked. Uh, but either way, I'm glad to see a guy like Shohei Otani in the home run derby because that guy just continues to mash baseballs. I don't know if you saw the uh, you know Seattle game when, when uh, L.A. was going against Seattle, but he hit a home run, I think, to the third deck deep out into right field. I mean, and this is a guy who hasn't even taken batting practice all year long, which is something you say could work against him. I'm, I like what you just said. Otani's a great player, great for baseball. I think he brings a lot of excitement. Just you know, to have a guy as, as an all-star as a pitcher and a hitter, I mean, it speaks for itself. That's something that's just unprecedented. And there's a reason that guys don't do it anymore. It's it's just so taxing. I mean, 
Imagine having the ability to be able to hit the ball 450 feet while also throwing the ball nearly 100 miles per hour. I mean, he's just uh, he's a special human being for sure. But as you mentioned, he does not take batting practice. I would not be. I mean, everybody's throwing the money down on on Otani to win the the Derby, and maybe I'll have to come back on tomorrow and bite my words. I don't think he wins tonight. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't be shocked if Juan Soto beats him in the first round. Wow, that's. That's an intense side that you're going to choose. As, as far as betting, maybe not betting, but the odds. Otani has plus 240 while everyone else is hanging around the 400. I actually have live ones here. He's, up, he's, uh, he's down to plus 175. Because oh I'm sure everybody's betting on him, too. But you know, you know what? I think everybody kind of wants to root for Otani just because it's such a cool story. But yeah. seriously, a guy that can pitch and hit like that, how long is he going to be able to hold this out? You know, some Yeah, guys, that's a good point. You, you can pitch, and you can do really well, but you still, your, your body's taking attacks on it, whether you feel it or not. You know, in a couple months, maybe after this all-star break, or maybe he just has a really great recovery team that knows his body really well. He's eating the right foods. He's doing the right stuff. But I think it is a special case. And, Joey, like you said, I don't know if anyone else can do it. I don't know if anyone on the active roster in any part of the league would be able to do anything close to that. And no. the fact that he's also has the highest odds to win the home run derby. I mean, it, it's almost kind of foolish if you don't watch baseball and you're just looking at this like, oh man, this guy must, must really know. And then you look at him and you're like, how could this guy be doing both of those at the same time? So as much as I do want to see him succeed at the same time, I wonder how long his body's going to be able to hold up with all that pressure. I think that's why everybody is, uh, you know, I think that's why they're kind of blowing up the, He's in the home run derby is the one seed. He's starting in the all-star game tomorrow on the mound and in the lineup. I think everybody's – we don't know how something this incredible, how long it's going to last. So I think this year they decided, you know, all the managers come – screw it. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> let him do it. Make him the marquee. Make him, let him start the all-star game. Let him bat wherever he is. I think he's DH in, in the lineup as well. So, yeah, just let him do it all. Uh, I think it's really cool uh, what he's doing. But you do bring up a good point. I mean, you've never seen a guy – you know, back when Babe Ruth was doing it, the pitchers were throwing like 85 at the, at the highest. I mean, this guy, you know, he, he brings it out there. He's, on bringing, the he's actually bringing heat. He's not a relief pitcher or, right. you know, had to come in from right field to come toss a couple balls. But he's <laughs> yeah, actually no, he's, in the lineup. They rely on him to do what he does, and he does it well. And, you know, maybe in high school this was fine. Everyone had that one high school pitcher, you know, a guy at a school that was really good at batting. He can also throw the ball really hard. But when you're throwing up in the 90s and the 100s, then you're going back into the dev up, putting on batting gloves and going out swinging. I mean, you're, your arm's going to get really messed up regardless if you're taking care of it or not. And, you know, just for him to be a new name, a new face, I think he's living up to the hype, of course, that's around it. But I just wonder how long it's going to take for his body to catch up with his actions. Yeah, that's true. But it's him versus uh, Soto, I believe, and I think it's who does Pete Alonso face? Trevor Story? No, nah, Alonso's got a Perez. Salvador Perez. Okay, and yeah. then it's Matt Olson and Mancini, and then Trevor Story. Wait a minute, and Joey Gallo. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, and like I said, I'll put it out there. I think Soto could beat him. I mean, Soto. He obviously was banged up earlier this year. He only has 11 home runs, but. Uh, He's another one of those young studs. I mean, I think he's only, what, 20, 21 years old? That is, you know, one of the serious power threats in the game already this early, and he can hit some bombs, too, at a left-handed batter's box. So he'll be interesting to watch. That's, that, I think that might be the best matchup in 
that we might get to see. Like that's a championship caliber home run derby matchup. That first round you're talking about? Otani versus uh, Soto, because obviously you know the guys get pitted against each other and it's timed and you know, they you know you right. whoever hits more home runs moves on. That's that's how the well. I will say go. this about uh, Juan Soto. Soto in his best year as a major league baseball player. Uh, he's 22 years old right now, but back in 2019 when the uh, Washington Nationals won the World Series, Soto hit 34 home runs, had 110 RBIs, walked 108 times, struck out 132. But I think he was 19 years old that year, by the way. Yeah, so if he's 22 wow. now, he was 21 in 2020. So 20, 20, 19 or 20, well, yeah. either, depending on when his birthday is. So, yeah, depending on when his birthday is, he's either 19, 20, 21, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, that's what I, I just mean in that year, which that is year. to tell you how incredible that is. So I think that's a good matchup. Yeah, I tell ridiculous. you what, Trevor Story is plus a thousand to win the thing, and it's his home ballpark. So, well, here's I think if you want to sprinkle something, I think that might be. We're going to see more home runs in this home run derby than we saw back in 2019. Well, Coors Field is a very hitters friendly well, ballpark. And they're also not going to use the balls that have been put in the humidifier, right? They are allowing the baseballs to be normal, Reduce, reducing them. Well, they're not juicing them, <laughs> but they're also not taking the juice out. Oh, fair enough. Right? So they're Very not... stationary. Right. They're not doing anything to the balls to you know, reduce the, the uh, aerodynamics of it uh, at the elevation of course fields. Right? So th those balls are going to be flying out of the ballpark. And uh, yeah, well, that's what you want to see at a home run derby, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of cool stories. Alonzo, obviously, defending the title. Joey Gallo, right. either homers or strikes out every at-bat. So this is, he's like made for a home run derby. <laughs> Trey Mancini, of course, he had cancer last year. And, you know, he's probably going to be a you know, comeback player of the year in the AL. And, you know, obviously, everybody, that's, he's going to get a good crowd reaction because of that. Salvador Perez, you know, he was a part of those great Royals teams. And he's having a good season late in his career. So that's kind of cool. And obviously, Trevor Story's in front of the hometown crowd. Um so a lot of different, a lot of different angles. But like I'm saying, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to place any money on any of this. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to stay away from it. You're going to push. Yeah, it's a home run derby. Like it's so. You're like no one knows. Like there's no. You, but that's the uh, whole point. That's why game, the ads are crazy because yeah. you can you can sit here and you could say well, all these stats of what they've done yeah, this year. Matter. But at the same time, whatever they ate for breakfast, you know, <laughs> that might change how they're going to hit tonight. Yeah. Well, and John, I'm just saying, Trevor Story. Playing in his home park at plus a thousand, I think that's an interesting bet. Perhaps if someone's going to be the underdog to win it. And, and Cincinnati Reds fans remember the home run derby when it was at Great American Ballpark. I mean, everybody. It seemed like everybody was behind Todd Frazier, and right. Frazier comes back and wins it. And Harper did it in D.C. a few years ago. And David Wright did not do it at City Field. Well, what? <laughs> that the, there's a, a fan kind of factor that you take into the home run derby because. Yeah, it's nice to see the hometown guy, even though he might not be hometown. I mean, if somebody from, you know, Todd Frazier was from New Jersey, right? I mean, but he's still the hometown guy because that's the, the team that he plays for. Um, you like to see guys like that win it. I think it, it would be a nice story if Trevor Story wins it. Uh, he's got 11 home runs this year. Longest ball he's ever hit was uh, 466 feet, and he's hit it about as hard as 110 miles per hour this year. Um, we'll see. We'll see who goes out there and wins it. Uh, I am partial to Pete Alonzo. I don't think Pete's going to go back-to-back. -back. I think it's going to be a talented field, but I would like to see Pete win it back-to-back. -back. Uh, he'd join who, the, uh, who's the panda bear? Who's the... Uh, Sandoval? Yeah, Pablo Sandoval. Then, no, no. Who did, Prince um, Fielder won it twice. Yeah, Prince Fielder. That's who I'm thinking about. The only uh, guy he won it, he's like the only guy ever to win it 
on a team in both leagues because he won it with the Brewers. Then when he's with the uh, the Tigers, I think was mm-hmm. when he won it the second time. Right, right. But it should be a fun fun matchup tonight. Um, Soto's got a good chance. Yeah, I I didn't think about the thing you told me at the beginning with uh, Otani not taking batting practice because this thing is basically a batting glor- practice. Yeah, yeah, it's but, what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a glorified batting practice. You just swing hard every time instead of every other one or whatever. And you so, don't have to run. There's no kind of pressure behind that to go run the bases. So you can kind of just sit back in the box and enjoy it. Right. And the other thing that I kind of forgot about was that this just rolls right in. Like you have. If you're in the if you're participating in something in the All Star break, right? If it's a home run derby tonight or the All Star game tomorrow night, like it's not. I thought that they would at least get a day's rest, but you're talking about a guy who played in you know New York, right? I mean, it was the Pirates. And I'm talking about Pete Alonso. Um, if you're Alonso, you played in New York. Yes, the Mets are the only team that exists. In well, Congress. no, I mean, but I'm 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 using this as the example because I know that for a fact. The Mets played in New York. Alonzo then had to get on a plane last night to travel all the way to Colorado to participate in the home run derby today. So if travel, if you take in, you know, travel into a factor and teams who played yesterday, there's a, a good chance that, you know, maybe it's not a, maybe Pete's not in the best position to win. I would even say, uh, didn't the game yesterday was between the, the Indians and the Kansas City Royals. That game got postponed. So you had an off day for Salvador Perez. Oh, my God. Cry me a river. <laughs> I'm not Jesus. saying this. I'm just saying that Perez <laughs> might have a little bit of an advantage because he had an off day yesterday. Good. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'm saying. I, I'm not making up excuses. Mets are getting it's, screwed. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm using that as an example, right? I thought they would at least get an off day before participating in the All-Star break. But, you know, I... I'm not the guy making the schedule. Another thing, I just think that the, for Otani, right? Because the All-Star game is tomorrow, right. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They do play the day after the Derby. Yeah. Okay, yep. so if this guy's going to have to swing for the... If if he's winning it, like so many people are predicting, I mean, he's got to swing as hard as he can, probably around 100 times tonight in in, in total. And then he's going to go out there and pitch tomorrow and also be in the lineup. I mean, guys, you you see it sometimes in like the final round of the Derby, like... It ends up being like two to one because the guys are so tired from having to swing as hard as they can for the first couple rounds. It, I think it's three rounds now. I think the top top four go. Right. And, well, it used and the to top be two from that. How many times has this? Because uh, it didn't used to be a bracket like they no. do it now. It just used to be you know the top four of the eight in the field moved on and then, but now they you know they do the bracket where they match guys up against each other. But they also split it. Uh, it used to be, you know, the best home run hitter from the National League and the best home run hitter from the American League, and then they match up in the finals, right? I mean, it would be, you know, that was one version of the home run derby, and then they went to a different version, and now I think this is maybe, what, the fifth or sixth version since they ever did the home run derby? I don't, they they changed it a lot in There's recent few. I mean, they, recent they, years. They, they've done the timer like they have now right. for the past couple of years, and then, they you know, they have, like, the last 30 seconds of the golden ball. If you hit a home run there, it's a bonus 30 seconds or something like that. They, they, they have all kinds of rules now. I'm sure you can go look it up somewhere. I'm not familiar with all of them off the top of my head. But, I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch. I usually have – it's usually a good time to sit back and watch some bombs for an evening. <laughs> I'd like to see one live. I bet that'd be a, a cool experience. Or catch. I feel like that's the only time where you actually want a seat the furthest away from <laughs> the field. Yeah, I, you know, I bet the tickets are a little bit higher to be the furthest away, which is – a. Kind of an oxymoron when you think of it. <laughs> right, because you want to be positioned out in left field, center field, 
right field. Even if you're, uh, oh, uh, I feel like watching from behind home play would be cool. Seeing all the, what, but you don't have a chance to get the ball. Unless I don't need a ball. I mean, you know, really? Not the I... home run derby. I don't, that's all good enough for me. Well, I mean, if you still have a chance, I mean, if you're behind home plate and the home run hitter hits a uh, foul ball right back to you. He's probably not winning. He's probably not winning. Whoever that guy is. (laughs) Right. You're fouling a pitch back in the home run derby. Probably shouldn't be taking that horse. But so let's see. I just, maybe I'll be wrong tomorrow. But I don't know. There's a lot of factors for for Otani here. Doesn't take BP during the season. Has to worry about pitching tomorrow. Maybe doesn't want to burn himself out. We'll see. We'll see. Juan Soto's a heck of a hitter. That's a tough matchup. And Soto really The one seed didn't didn't get any favors. No. It wasn't it. It was Guerrero back. That's why I started off with Guerrero because I remember Guerrero in the home run derby back in 2019. It was Guerrero and, and, uh, yeah, and yeah. Pete Alonso. He was in that one. Yeah. So I that's remember, why I remember like Josh Hamilton a while ago. He hit like 30 something in the first round. See, there are select ones that I remember. Josh Hamilton and his performance was one. Prince Fielder was was another one. Todd Frazier just because of the whole pomp and circumstance around it. I wasn't alive, but there's like, you know, a lot of older people remember Griffey Jr. hitting the warehouse at Camden Yards because that's the only time it's ever happened. It's never happened in a real game. Right. Somebody said, I think Trevor Story predicted that if there would be one person who hits it out of uh, Coors Fields, that it would be Pete Alonzo. I'm not saying that because I'm a Met guy. I'm saying that because that's what Trevor Story said. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay, I, I try to be impartial. Right. I'd be uh, the hometown guy if there was a Reds guy in the home run derby. But, of course, uh, good luck to Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos in the All-Star game. First All-Star appearance for both of them tomorrow. Home run derby tonight at 8. And Sportsman will come your way tomorrow once again at 6.06. Right here, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Samantha Garcia and Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.